Everything in fitness and nutrition is all about trial and error. It's all about finding what individually works well for you. These recommendations are guidelines that you can take and then individualize for your individual needs. Hey, welcome to the Next Step Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Fullerton. I'm a certified personal trainer, a registered nurse, and I am passionate about teaching people how to fit fitness into their busy lives. Bad crash diets, gimmicky fitness trends, and over-restriction are not welcome here. Instead, I am focused on helping you build fitness habits that are sustainable, realistic, and enjoyable. I want to help you take the next step towards your fitness goals. So let's get into it. Hey there, welcome to the Next Step Fitness Podcast. We've got a Q&A episode for you today, so I have a couple questions here that we're going to answer. If you would like to submit a question uh, for me to answer on the podcast, just send me an email to podcast at nxtstepfitness.com, and I'd be happy to help you out. So let's go ahead and dive in with the first question. So question one is about protein. So the question is, how much protein should I be eating daily? And if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that the answer is probably going to be, it depends. And that's true. Uh, your daily allotment of protein really depends on a lot of different factors. Your age plays a factor into this, your activity level, and other factors. So I will provide um, source material for a baseline recommendation, and then I'll elaborate a little bit more um, after that. So like I said, it depends on several different factors, like your age, what goal you're working on. If you're working uh, towards a strength training goal, your protein needs are going to be a little bit different, um, and your activity level. So for sedentary people, and that means healthy adults, sedentary means that you're not your activity level is not very high. So for generally healthy sedentary, which means not very active adults, the minimum recommendation of protein per day is 0.8 milligrams per kilogram of body weight. So if you um, live in the United States and you use imperial measurements like pounds for weight, what you're going to do is you're going to divide your weight in pounds by 2.2 That's going to give you your weight in kilograms, and then you can multiply that by 0.8 to get your minimum requirement. And so I say minimum because there is a difference between the minimum requirement and the optimal level, right? So just because you're meeting your minimum requirement doesn't mean you're at your optimal level of protein intake. To provide you with an example, let's say uh, you weigh 150 pounds, you divide that out by 2.2 to get 68 kilograms, and times that by 0.8 to get roughly 54 grams of protein per day. That would be your minimum requirement just to um, maintain normal turnover of protein in your body. And so I have done a episode about protein in the past. That's episode 39, which is a much deeper dive into protein. But I'll give you a brief overview. Protein is a building block in your body. So in your body, in your cell, in your cells, constantly things are being built, broken down, reused, um, and replaced. And so the body needs protein to do this. So to meet your minimum requirement, That's where that 54 gram number comes from. 
Now, if you're active, especially if you are strength training, because um, muscles are made up of a lot of protein. So if we're working on making our muscles strong and building their building our muscles, we need even more protein to do that. So the recommendation if you are an active person, especially if you are strength training, is more like 1.4 to 2 grams. So it's almost twice as much protein in that range if you are active and if you are looking to build your body and make it stronger. So taking that 150 pound person, that's more like 95 to 136 grams of protein per day. If measuring out to the gram is a little intimidating for you or not something that you're interested in doing, don't worry about it. What I recommend people do is to use their palm to measure out portions of protein and you use the diameter of your palm to do this. So I always recommend that you start with at least one to two servings of protein, depending on um, your preferences, one to two palm-sized portions, that's the diameter of your palm, of protein in each meal and see how it goes. Everything in fitness and nutrition is all about trial and error. It's all about finding what individually works well for you. These recommendations are guidelines that you can take and then individualize for your individual needs. So like I said, if you want a deeper dive into protein, what the body utilizes protein for, why it's important, and where you can get it, I highly suggest you check out episode 39 of the Next Step Fitness podcast, which is my macronutrient 101 series all about protein. Okay, so moving on to question two. Question two is about core training. And the question is, can I train my core every day? Now, this question comes up a lot uh, with my clients, especially people that really enjoy uh, training their core every day. And again, I would need a little bit more detail about this to answer it more fully for each specific person. Now, my first thought is to ask why they want to train their core every day, because a lot of people, there's a misconception about training the core to give you a flat stomach. Now, training your core is going to provide stability. It is going to grow your muscles and make them stronger. But if your body fat percentage is not at a certain level, you're never going to see the that six-pack abs that you see in the magazines. That is based equally, if not more so, on your body fat percentage. So we need to be thinking about both of these things if that is a goal that you are interested in. So that would be my first question is what is the desired outcome of training your core every day? If we're on the same page with that, then it becomes a question of volume. So any muscle group needs recovery time in between sessions in order for muscle growth and adaptation to occur. So if we are training our core every day, we need to be able to provide recovery. So let's say you're really interested in having a core round or a core component of each one of your workouts. If you're doing a total body workout, I program a lot of three to four day a week total body routines, and there is a core component in each one of those. However, we are training the core in different, what's called modalities, different ways. So your core is a very multifunctional area of your body. There's lots of things that your core does. And really your core is not just the front of your stomach. It wraps all the way around your body like a cylinder. So it involves the lower back as well and into the hips as well. So there's lots of different ways to train this area. So you're not hyper-focusing on one specific thing 
but instead getting a more well-rounded training experience. And so, like I said, there's lots of different things that the core can do. So to answer this question, can I train my core every day? Yes, you can, but you have to be smart about it because you want to make sure that you are giving your body adequate time to recover in between the sessions that you are doing. So if you are interested in training your core every every day or every workout, I should uh, make a caveat to this that I do not recommend for most people working out seven days a week because your body does need recovery time. So usually five to six is my absolute max that I recommend for most people and for most of the clients that I train. But if you are interested in having a core component in each one of your workouts, make sure that you are adding in variety. So you're doing stability exercises like planks and bird dogs. You're doing anti-rotational exercises like pile-off presses and those kinds of things to give your core challenges in different areas and at different angles that will ensure that you have a well-rounded experience. Again, if you have any questions about this or want some specific recommendations for you, please reach out and I'd be happy to help. Okay, we have another question here about cardio versus strength training, which is another uh, subject that I love to chat about. So the question is, how do I balance my cardio training and my strength training? And so let's take a little bit of a deeper dive into this when I answer this. And my first follow-up question would be, what is the priority here? Because we want to make sure that the focus and where we are putting our focused attention is in service of what our ultimate goal is. And I'm a huge advocate of goal setting. I want to make sure that we are moving in the direction that you ultimately want to go in in terms of your health and fitness experience. I want these workouts to serve your overall desire for what you want out of your life in general, really. So if you are interested in increasing your cardiovascular endurance or really working on improving your lung capacity or training for a certain type of endurance activity like a run, a fun run, a 5K, a half marathon, a bike ride, if you just want to be able to hike, if you're a big hiker and you want to be able to hike longer and um, more difficult trails, then we would focus more on that endurance training, which is more cardio-based most of the time. Now, instead, if you're looking to improve your general fitness, if you're looking to decrease fat on your body, if you're looking to gain strength, mobility, flexibility, then I would recommend maybe leaning more towards the strength training. Now, let me be clear, both are important. Both are incredibly important for a well-rounded, healthy person. So I do recommend that you do both. But to find the right balance for you, we need to make sure that we are serving your ultimate interests and goals and that you're enjoying what you're doing. Because I've said this many, many times before, the best workout for you is the one that you're going to stick to long-term. So what do you actually enjoy doing? Do you like lifting weights or do you dread doing that? Do you enjoy running or do you hate it? These are things that only you can answer. And so being honest with yourself about, you know, I really, there's lots of people that hate cardio and don't ever want to do it. And to those people, I say, just walk, you know, just get your steps in, stay active, stay generally active um, by getting your steps in. You don't have to run on the treadmill if you don't want to. You don't have to, you know, do the heavy, high intensity cardio if you don't want to, as long as you're focused on your strength training. Different things are going to work for different people. 
And so if you're feeling like your balance is off for some reason, that is something that is worth exploring a little bit and to ask yourself, well, is this do I, am I not enjoying what I'm doing? Is it something that I'm just not interested in anymore? Is it not really serving my overall goal? And I'll use myself as an example. So I am really interested in strength training, obviously. This is my industry. This is what I chose as a profession because I enjoy it so much. And so I really love getting stronger in the gym by lifting weights. But I also really enjoy um, taking spin classes and riding on my spin bike at home. And that's something that I find a lot of enjoyment in as well. Now, I know that I would probably progress faster in the gym if I rode my bike a little bit less and vice versa. I might improve my bike performance if I didn't work out as much. However, I enjoy both, and both are important to me as part of my well-rounded fitness experience. And so I understand that my progression at either activity is going to maybe not be as fast because I'm doing both. Since I want to continue doing the cardio activity at the rate that I'm currently doing it, I do that with the knowledge that my strength gains may be affected by that. And that's okay for me because I enjoy the other activities as well, and they're important to my overall uh, fitness experience. And so with that information, I can say, well, you know what? If I can't really manipulate that factor because I don't want to, let's focus on all the other factors that are also going to give me a good boost to my overall performance. Things like getting enough sleep, making sure I'm eating enough protein, prioritizing rest on my rest days and other things like that. So there are lots of different factors that we can manipulate in order to achieve a balance between the two that works well for us. And also, that's subject to change at any time. You know, it serves us until it doesn't. And so the thing that I really want to emphasize with you all and with the clients that I get to train is that this this overall experience is totally in your control to change and manipulate at any time. My job is to give you this knowledge so you can understand what the best decision is for you and make an educated decision on what works well for you. So is cardio better or is strength training better? That's up to you. What do you enjoy doing? What are you going to be consistent doing? Both is best, but the ratio of cardio to strength is really dependent on your desires for your overall focus and what your overall goal is. Hope that helps. All right, so I'm going to wrap up the episode now. I know this one's a little bit shorter than my normal ones, but I think that three seemed like a good amount for questions today. Again, if you ever want to submit a question to me, I love getting questions from the audience. So please send me an email to podcast at nxtstepfitness.com. You can also reach out on social media. I am Coach Sarah with Next Step Fitness on Facebook or Sarah C. Fullerton on Instagram. If you are just getting started with your fitness journey and are looking for a workout that is approachable and is easy to do and does not require any equipment to do, I have a free guide for exactly that purpose. It is a body weight, so no equipment needed at all, 
a bodyweight strength training guide, and you can get that for free on my website, nextstepfitness.com. That's nxtstepfitness.com forward slash free workout. It has all of the exercises with photos and explanations. It has a free workout guide attached to it, and it also has a log where you can track your progress. If you are nervous about starting a new workout routine, having a guide is such a huge help. So I would highly encourage you to check that out. Nextstepfitness.com forward slash free workout. If you have any questions about any of the topics that I've discussed today, do not hesitate to reach out. I am here to help you succeed. So I wish you luck in your workouts this week, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Hey there, thank you so much for listening to the Next Step Fitness Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure you subscribe. Ready to take the next step? Consider writing a review or sharing this podcast with a friend. I would love to hear from you. If you have any fitness or nutrition related questions, please send them to podcast at nextstepfitness.com. Remember, the next has no E. It's nxtstepfitness.com. You can find me on Instagram at Sarah C. Fullerton and on Facebook at Coach Sarah with Next Step Fitness. Remember to check out my website, nextstepfitness.com. There you can find the show notes for this episode, information on my one-on-one coaching programs, and additional bonus content. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, remember, just focus on taking the next step, because that's what will lead to lasting success. Talk to you soon.